0: W-R-K-S, Pickens, Jackson. We are good to go
1: with, with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. Off and running with you, hour number two in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team. I'm Matt. Beavers here. We got a crew we got a show. You can be a part of it. Text me, call me. I'll give you the numbers uh, coming up if you don't already know them. we got a ton of text, and uh, I'm going to get to all of this coming up. A whole run of text messages here to get to, and that's coming up. And a reminder, too, you can call me on the Divinity phone. The number to call, 897-1059. That is a 601 number. 897-1059. I'm starting with this and it does emanate this comment on the country please and text line from Kenny don't call me Ken does emanate from the weekend of NFL football we just had alright Kenny says he says I'll say it we've all had more than enough Chris Collinsworth play by play for a lifetime <laughs> Okay, Chris Collinsworth, you know, on NBC, he does NFL on NBC and Sunday night football. And he was with Al Michaels on there for a while, and Al Michaels has left and gone to Amazon. And uh, they're over there putting people to sleep with Herb Street on Thursday nights. Bless his heart. And so Collinsworth's with Tarico, who is is one of these, it's like he's like Mike Tarico is iconic. Whether it's what Kentucky Derby, um, <laughs> Olympics, um, you know, obviously NFL football, uh, what else? <laughs> I mean, it's just the Masters. Mike Tirico is kind of the new number one, I think. Um that's just my opinion. But, but so he, Tirico, does play by playing, Collinsworth does the color. I'm just gonna, i I'll, I'll, I'll float you my opinion on it. Okay, Kenny, and you see if you agree, and then we'll move on and see if anybody else agrees. But, like I said, when I'm watching football alone, I don't keep the sound on too much, because most of the stuff that's being said, I don't need to hear it to enjoy the game. Now, but I, you know, certainly, I've listened to a lot of games, like you have. What I have experienced in the past. I I begin, I begin. used to really like when he was with Al Michaels, when you go back six, seven, ten years ago, I've always kind of liked Collinsworth. Because especially in the good old days, like you say, a while back, he really, whether people liked his voice or not, he nailed a lot of the X's and O's. Um, he's able to see and pay attention to who's throwing what block, And he still nails a lot of that, Kenny. I'm just telling you, listen, like when you watched me the other night or yesterday, uh, 49ers and – I'm sorry, not 49ers, Lions uh, Lions and Bucks. Okay, the fact that he pointed out Frank Ragnow, who had that block, that key block on that touchdown for the Lions down there on the one-yard line, given the scenario that he was in, limping around, hurting – Here's what I – hang with me, Kenny, hang with me. Collinsworth has always done as good a job of that as anybody else who calls these NFL games. As good as Aikman, who he's kind of gotten lazy. <laughs> okay, he's good. He I'm just. how many – Kenny, seriously. The reason they scored on that play was because of that primarily at the front was the block by Ragdown on the offensive line for the Lions, who was gutting it out, playing through injury, and is hurting like, you know what, every time he moves. And he fired off and hit a guy who is one of the better defensive tackles in the NFL and has been for a long time, the big guy for the Bucs, and he blocked him one-on-one, and without that solo block, you don't score. And it's fourth down. (laughs) And the guy who did it is fighting. As soon as the play's over – He's that they had to help him off the field. I mean, like, and to point that out and see it as quick as he did, I appreciate it as someone who I've I've got a football background, right? And I've watched enough film to know that like I'm not, I mean, it's, you know, the running back did his job right there. But this block by this guy up front is phenomenal given what he's playing through. And and Collinsworth sees that. He points that stuff out. So, in terms of knowledge and all that, it's great. But here, and so here's what I'm getting to, Kenny. I think a lot of times in these games, the reason you're sick of it, and the same thing happened in the Lions game yesterday. It's a playoff game, whatever. I think Chris Collinsworth has reached a point in his broadcasting career where he feels the, the urgency to inject emotion, and it's not necessarily organic. It's forced and not unforced. You see what I mean? He's got his nuggets of information. He's got certain backstories and things happen. But in the flow of the game, you're watching it at home. You're in your right mind. You know, you've watched a million football games. You know what's important and you know what's emotional and what isn't. And when somebody starts, like, contriving and forcing some I don't know, emotion into something that doesn't necessarily need it based on what's happening on the screen, it doesn't fool you, the fan, the viewer. I don't know why guys do that. But they do it. And, and, okay, for example, hang with me here and then I'm coming and we're going to go rapid fire on a whole bunch of text messages. Kenny... If you look up the word "contrived." Now now think about broadcasters, and in that, that case, I think for it to, it's a mistake. Guys like Collinsworth, he's not relaxed. I don't know if, they're, if he's feeling threatened. <laughs> you know, if he's trying to like broadcast for his job, I don't know what it is, but they do this, right? So if you look up the word "contrived, what does it mean? False, phony. Fake, forced, overdone, strained. Here's what I'm telling you, Kenny. You're a real person, a real fan. You're comfortable in your own shoes when you're watching a game. And if somebody on your screen is any of those things at any moment, you are not fooled. You are never fooled by it. No, it did not cost them their job, but it ain't fooling you you see it when it is con- contrived emotion phony fake forced manipulated overdone strained artificial unnatural unspontaneous any of those th- if you use any of those words to describe anything somebody is feeding you on the radio saying to you on the radio saying to you on your television fine they may It may pass for the moment, but guess what? You, Kenny, are not fooled, and neither are any of the other millions of fans watching the game. And so here's what I'm telling you. I guarantee you, in terms of delivering a broadcast, communicating with the spoken voice on radio or television, I guarantee you, those guys don't want my opinion. They don't feel as though they need it. But I guarantee you this, I know what I'm talking about. So to anyone listening to my voice (laughs) right now, anyone listening to my voice right now, listen to me. If you're ever in a position where you have to communicate with someone or a group of people, you have to deliver a speech, a message, you have to broadcast, you have to speak on radio, do it, do a game. If you're a young broadcaster, I I don't have a ton of advice to give you. Okay. But I'm going to give you this advice with confidence. Do not force emotion when it's not there. Do not convince yourself between your own ears that you can fake anything and the audience will buy it. This ain't wrestling. They won't buy it. You're not fooling them. You may think you are. You are not fooling them. We have a texter here named Beth Moen's offspring in the country pleasing text line. You want to know the biggest thing that people throw a fit about Beth Mullen's broadcasting games? This is my opinion. I've I've seen some and listened to a little bit, not a lot. But here's the deal. It's not the technical aspects. She's very good in those things. Names, pronunciations, benchmarks of the broadcast, time, score, spot on the field, place on the court, um, name of who was involved in it. What's going on in this situation? Technically, she's very good. You know why you can't stand it and people throw a fit? Because her voice, she's not talking to you the way she would talk to you in a phone conversation or if y'all were waiting on a red light to cross the street. It's overcooked. It's strained. It's overdone. It's manipulated. It's forced. It's contrived. And guess what number one it doesn't fool anyone and number two nobody likes it. So there it is. Uh, Kenny don't call so Kenny said you nailed it forced and not interesting contrived And see that's the thing Kenny. This is Chris Collinsworth, man. Like, longtime NFL guy analyst. He knows his stuff, and you know that he knows it. And I know that he knows it. And every person watching that game knows this guy knows his stuff. If he's talking X's and O's, we don't need contrived phony emotion from him. We just don't need it. Somehow, some way, though, these guys, these people get convinced in their head that they need it. I don't know why they do that. And it's not that you need yelling and screaming, okay? And it's not that I need you to be entertaining. I just need you to fit. I need you to be interested in a game like I am and just fit. Right? Sounds easy, right? Just fit. All I need you to do is just fit. (laughs) All right. Ronnie on the Country Pleasing text line says the NFL is rigged. I need proof, Ronnie. Because I'm telling you, it's not rigged, man. Listen, it ain't rigged. There is no proof. You can't prove it because it isn't true. (laughs) Um, Christian, Texas show. In regards to Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, he says, I think the man might just be in love. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona says that an old photographer friend of his, up around the Shiloh, Corinth, and Selmer, Tennessee area, said they got nine inches of snow last week. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a we we had some weather. Uh, yeah. Okay. When I was trying to think of the basketball coach at LSU, her name is Kim Mulkey. They they won it all last year at LSU. But and we were referencing, you know, the Taylor Swift cutaway. It's like. Watching an LSU baseball game when Kramer Robertson was the shortstop. <laughs> it, it, between every pitch, we get, we get to see Kim Mulkey sitting in the stands. And, you know, I'm sure LSU fans didn't mind, but everybody else did. Uh, Beeves' former neighbor, Stephen, Texas, says there's a Seinfeld episode addressing Happy New Year wishes past a certain point in January. The 22nd is way too late for that. <laughs> it's true. Jimmy called in and wished me a Happy New Year. Uh, somebody texted and said that sports journalists hate Brock Purdy. Is that true? They don't like him? Why? Uh, Somebody says here, is Will Rogers going to Auburn? You know, I don't know. I know they were after him last year and he didn't go. I don't know if they're after him this year or not. I just I just don't know. Unnamed uh, texter sent me something here where uh, Michelle Tafoya, you talk about a great broadcaster now. Michelle Tafoya, she says, she is saying in an interview apparently that Travis Kelsey is expected to retire at the end of the year. That might explain it. Grumpy, Texas show. And says, Matt, Grumpy did enjoy football this weekend, but the most joy was watching MSU basketball Saturday while enjoying some country-pleasing original juniors alongside coleslaw and mustard. Yeah, bring that on. Grumpy, text of the day so far. (laughs) He says, how about those dogs? The weekend always got better with a Bulldog win on Saturday. Yeah, um, whipped up on Vanderbilt. You know, boy, Vandy's terrible, aren't they? <laughs> okay. And that's not to take away from State's win. State whipped him pretty good like he's supposed to. And Vandy's awful. Uh, White Denzel, Texas Show says two things about the game last night. Josh Allen couldn't have put the ball in a better position on those deep balls that his wide receivers drop. Absolutely, Denzel. I mean, again, the defense forces a turnover on the goal line. The Chiefs fumble it out of the end zone touchback. So instead of going up two scores, it's still a three point game, right? He comes out and he says, I'm getting it all on this play. It's either first or second down, throws it 60 yards in the air, hits a guy in a bad place, right square smack in the middle of his two hands. And Diggs did not catch the ball. And then Denzel said, and not since the Patriots with Brady has a team been a better second-half adjustment team in the playoffs than Reed and Mahomes. I know, not even close. And you know what I was thinking last night as I watched him walk into the tunnel, Denzel? The Chiefs. They don't have the same number of Super Bowls. They're trying to stack them up. They just have to 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 match what Brady and the Patriots did those years. They still got a long way to go, right? Absolutely. We're not saying that these Chiefs are those Patriots with Brady, but they're trying to. They're on their way to trying to track that down. We got to see if they can do it over the long haul. But here's the thing about it: these Chiefs and that team and that organization with Andy Reid as a head coach. Chris Jones on that defensive front, Patrick Mahomes, namely, running that offense. That Chiefs team gives everybody the same feeling that those Patriots teams did, and this is the feeling. No matter what you do, they will beat you. There it is. No matter who you have on your team, no matter what you do in the regular season, no matter where you play them, no matter what the score is at halftime, they will beat you. That's the feeling that Brady and the Patriots gave you all those years, every Sunday, year after year after year after year after year. And it's the same feeling that these Chiefs give everybody else, and nobody else in the NFL gives you that feeling. (laughs) Telling you. That quarterback, Mahomes, and that head coach, Andy Reid, nothing matters. They will beat you. They have... A magical knack for winning. JB! Now, we're going to have to research this, but the real JB, John Bond, texts me to let me know that he was on the Phil Donahue show. What? Why? When? How? Where? I need more details, John, and I will be calling to ask those soon. Louvier, my man Louvier says. Once again, Rooster's so far off base, I think he swings a football bat. Like her or not, he says, Taylor Swift has plenty of talent, and she is beautiful. If only Marilyn Monroe had attended some Yankees games when she was together with Joe DiMaggio. (laughs) Good point there, Louvier, good point. Louvier says, Rooster would have had something negative to say about that young lady. Jeez. He, here's the message to you, Rooster, just before he signs off. Louvier said, join the 21st century, please, sir. Signed. Go Saints. <laughs> uh, Josh texts the show and says, didn't Conan leave NBC because Leno decided he wanted to come back and Conan wouldn't go back to the late show? Oh, see, maybe that's it. I couldn't remember what the deal was, whether he got fired or what it was. Josh, I don't know, and I'll trust your opinion on it. Uh, Kenny, don't call me Ken. Kenny says, question, 1996, Mississippi State versus Auburn. Opening drive, touchdown pass to Moles, called back for holding who was holding. So that wouldn't have been 96. That would have been 95. Because the 95, fall 95, would have been Moles' senior year. But I don't know. Kenny, it's been too long ago. <laughs> I'd go back and look it up, I guess. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Okay, somebody texted and said that sports journalists hate Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is is great. He was Mr. Irrelevant, but he's not irrelevant anymore, and he is an unashamed believer in Jesus. He'll he'll speak his name and give him all the glory all the time. Uh but they say that he says the Fox promo is McCaffrey has the 49ers in the conference championship game. <laughs> well, but look, to be fair, I mean, McCaffrey's pretty good. And, and I know that y'all heard the background noise, but I'm just pouring some hot coffee in my cup. Hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Now, Jason and Flagstaff, with a uh, thought here on some of the broadcast stuff, Jason says, That's exactly why I've quit listening to certain sports shows. It's more about pushing general narratives, forcing emotional nonsense, than telling the truth. No nuance allowed because it's quote-unquote boring, i.e. someone always sucks and needs to be fired, quarterback bench, whatever. Simpleton's nonsense will fix everything. And then he says why i pretty much only listen to you and jake anymore too much forced drama everywhere else i would say to you like i've told you before the most valuable thing you have according to the people out there trying to get your attention is your attention and with your attention if you sense false contrived fake phony forced overdone strained unnatural take your attention somewhere else it's your attention you can do with it what you want all right I have a thought on cynicism and are you cynical am I cynical next stick around we hey, whether it's about winning the game or even losing a game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. How about this? Good grief. All right. So someone has looked this up Uh and Denzel shared it with me and said, "Incredible stat about Mississippi's own Jerry Rice." This is on the country Please and text line. I'm going to read it to you here. A lot of numbers here, so hopefully we don't get lost in it too much. But it is incredible. I read through. It's an incredible stat. So Denzel, you described it perfectly. And context. I mean, we all know who Jerry Rice is. My qualifier for him always has been this: he's the greatest wide receiver. To ever play football, period. And no one will argue with you about that. You can start a conversation about the greatest quarterback ever, and people will argue three or four different guys. You can start a conversation about the greatest running back ever, and people will argue a handful of guys greatest lineman, greatest kicker, greatest pitcher, greatest hitter. But you can't go anywhere and start a conversation about the greatest wide receiver of all time without quickly everyone agreeing that it's Jerry Rice. <laughs> that right there kind of tells you how he stands alone and what he did. But listen to this. I'm going to read it to you. This Jerry Rice stat is pretty insane, it says. Mike Evans, right? Big tall guy from Texas a for the Bucs. Mike Evans entered the NFL at age 21. He became the only wide receiver in the NFL in NFL history with 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons to start their career. He now has, here are the numbers, 762 receptions, 11,680 yards, 94 touchdowns at age 30. Now listen to this. If Mike Evans does it all over again for the next 10 years, until age 40, And doubles his stats from the past decade. He'd still mostly fall short of catching Jerry Rice. Again, (laughs) first 10 years of his career, he's 30 years old. Only wide receiver in NFL history with 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons, all this kind of stuff. If he did it again for the next 10 years and doubled his stats, he'd have 1,524 catches. That'd be 25 less than Jerry Rice. He'd have 188 touchdowns, nine less than Jerry Rice. So the fact is, he isn't going to double it for the next 10 years, and he's not going to play receiver until 40. What Jerry Rice did is virtually impossible. Great stat. Denzel, thanks for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, since we're looking up words yeah, you know, look, this is going to be <laughs> this would be a great one of these great subjects for uh, me to like go into Doctor Beaver's um so, you know psychiatry office and like try to talk through this with him, <laughs> and then he would do what? It would all go back to something like me and Coach Cheryl. <laughs> But I, today, this morning, I don't know, I had this thought and I had to look it up. Am I cynical? Have I become cynical? Do I have too much cynicism when it comes to the issues in college sports and what college sports has become? Now, here's what made me think of it. Do you remember earlier in the show we had the, the back in time note about Conan O'Brien and on this day in 2010, Conan O'Brien hosted the Tonight Show for the final time and because we were told I was trying to figure out what it was and I said they fired him but it wasn't it. He got the Tonight Show after Leno left. Leno wanted to come back, so they tr- they told Conan you got to go back to your late now. He's like, no, nah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so apparently that was it, and he gave the speech and he and all the. He thanked NBC even though they were at odds. And he left and he never came back. Well, in that speech, Conan O'Brien, in that speech, his final night on the Tonight Show, he was very emotional. He was speaking in the last time he's gonna be on there, even though it was his lifelong dream to host it. And he said something at the end of his speech here that kind of jumped out at me. All right. Here's what it was. I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you. It's okay, true. But, but that was it. He said, you know, please don't be cynical. I hate that more than really any other quality. So what does it mean? What's the definition of being cynical? If you look it up in the dictionary, here's the first definition. Cynical. Believing that people are motivated purely by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity, or integrity. That's, that's cynical. That's what cynical is. Believing that people are purely motivated by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity, or integrity. You know, and so I you know, it hit me right in the face. I thought, you know, I think I think right before I heard that quote from Conan, I had been thinking again. And not just myself, but noticing it all over the place. What I perceive as a a dull interest. Almost, not completely, but almost universally in college sports compared to the kind of the way it seemed like it used to be. The idea that what a lot of people feared in this new era of college sports, it's not just about the fact that pay, players get paid. That's really not it at all. It's the you know lack of any sort of sensical logical structure around it whatsoever transfer portal paying the players within the transfer portal you know there being no sort of checks and balances whatsoever and the fear that what that was going to do is we were just going to kind of loosen our grip on it fans fan bases we're still going to watch yeah, watch every game. I don't want to miss the games. <laughs> I still want to talk about it. I'm still interested. I'll still do a fist pump when my team scores. you know, but there's a, a we're just kind of loosening our grip. It's causing the idea that it's causing people like me and people like you, to just loosen our grip on our beloved team, for our beloved university, and that's being almost a, a nationwide sort of thing. And you go, well, television ratings are fine. Well, for some games, they are. But I don't know that that's always the best indicator. You know, maybe it is. I don't know. So, but at, at any rate, I saw that and thought, okay, am I just being cynical? Because, you know, I I love my school. I love my team. I love my games. <laughs> you know, i I'm not turning my back on anything. What about you? Are you have you become cynical again, according to the definition, believing that people are motivated purely by self-interest is trustful of human sincerity. And is it fair to become cynical regarding it? And I have to I got to look in the mirror on this thing. I really do. Nobody's put me up to this. This is something I thought about this morning. I got to look in the mirror on this thing. Because. You know, when it comes to decision makers and leaders, I've posed those questions here. I've done it on this show. I've said things like, you know, questioning the leadership, questioning the motives towards actually finding and creating a solution that would make sense to people, make it easier to hang on to. I mean, I know the job is hard, but I've said things. I've had thoughts like, if the best solution Like this is an example, and y'all heard me say this. Let's say if the best long-term solution for college sports is one that diverts money away from the pockets of leaders and into other pockets. If maybe it's commissioners of conferences, or ADs, or coaches. If they, if what, if the decision that actually is the best one to go, if that decision means coaches and commissioners and people make less money themselves, are they actually willing to discuss that and look at it? See, I've said those things and brought them up here. Well, that sort of thought, especially if I were to believe it, would be the definition of cynical. Because there it is right in front of me, the definition of cynical. Believing that people are motivated purely by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Right there in front of me. You know, it's something that I think every person who's going through it right now when they glance at the world of college athletics, it's something that every person has to answer, I think, and needs to search out for yourself. It's something that I need to look at and really search out for myself. have become cynical. Has my cynicism Regarding it, you know, reach an an unhealthy level. Is it not fair? You know, those kind of, we got to answer those questions. Because there's just no question that a majority of fans have become cynical. Regarding the direction of all of it. There's no question. Stick around. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Now, check this out. Um, This is the... One of the major news outlets out there that covers uh, college sports online, you know them as On Three. On and then the number three, and they have a an account that covers the NIL business, collectives and so forth. Uh, it is called On Three NIL. So you get On Three Sports and then their NIL division, which is On Three. N-I-L. So they posted on X this uh, about Ohio State. It says, Ryan Day, that's the head coach at Ohio State. Ryan Day made his pitch in June of 2022 that a $13 million NIL budget would keep Ohio State at the top of the sport. The post says, the Buckeyes aren't there just yet, but the last 10 weeks have proved they are operating in the top echelon of NIL. We need 13 million at Ohio State in our quote-unquote N-I-L budget. Hmm. N-I-L budget. What is an N-I-L budget? Can anyone define that? See, here I go with my cynicism. (laughs) But but it ain't individual. But seriously, (laughs) I mean, define N-I-L budget. See, I can ha- I'll be honest with you. I'm being honest with you. I I could stomach it fine if they just said we need 13 million dollars to go get players. Cuz about half of that we're going to pay them to come and about the other half we're going to pay them to stay. We need 13 million dollars to fund our roster. Okay, could, Would they ever say that? Let me ask you a question. And, you know, I guess the answer would be a simple yes or no. Would someone like On3NIL ever make a post that says, Ryan Day needs $13 million to fund his roster at Ohio State? <laughs> would they ever post that? Yes or no? Would Ohio State ever post that? I don't know what Ohio State's collective is. Let's say it's the Buckeye Initiative or the Buckeye Fund or the Buckeye Collective. Okay, Would the Buckeye Collective ever say that? We need $13 million to fund our roster. Would they? Why not? Why not? Is it because there's some ambiguous, I don't know, rule? (laughs) Some NCAA rule? Did you guys see the story about Florida over the last few days? Here, I'll find it for you. I'll look it up. Florida football. This is me typing, y'all. Under NCAA investigation. Click. Tampa Bay Times. ESPN, Orlando Sentinel, Yahoo, (laughs) KentuckyWildcats.com, Gainesville Sun, Tallahassee Democrat, Sports Illustrated. What are they posting for? USA Today, Florida football under NCAA investigation. You know what it's for? They told that quarterback, yeah, we'll pay you millions of dollars. Sure, come on, sign with us. He signed with Florida. They didn't pay. Why? They don't have it <laughs> in the collective. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm out. They're like, no, you're not. You signed, and that's binding. We can't. We don't have to let you out of your NIL. I mean, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Of your scholarship. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm going to cause a big stink unless you let me out of it. Like media and everything. Why? Because. It's still supposedly, allegedly, against NCAA rules to strike an agreement with a kid in recruiting based on an amount of money for him to come play for you. So they turn him loose. Okay, we'll let you out. <laughs> Fine, you twisted our arm. Skeedaddle. So they let him out. He goes to Arizona State. I mean, presumably for a bit large amount of money. <laughs> And now the NCAA has launched an investigation into the Florida football program. <laughs> now, do I sound cynical? <laughs> I'm going to just read it and stop. Uh, I'm going to read it and try not to giggle. The NCAA has launched an investigation into the Florida football program. A four-page notice of inquiry from the NCAA attained by the Gainesville Sun was received by Florida President Ben Sasse on June the ninth. Last year, informing the School of the Investigation, nature of the investigation is unclear at this point. Oh, is it? Multiple sources, including Action Network HQ's Brett McMurphy, big time, are reporting that the investigation is regarding the recruitment of 2023 five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, who reportedly... (laughs) Hold on now, listen. Who reportedly received a 13-point... $8 million NIL offer to sign with Florida. (laughs) The contract was later rescinded and Rashado was released from his letter of intent at Florida in January. He then signed with Arizona State. For what? Florida spokesman Steve McLean said, We have been and will continue to cooperate with the NCAA. What does that look like? What does cooperating with the NCAA look like? Would you cooperate with the NCAA? Based on what? What are they holding over anybody's head? We hold ourselves to the highest standards of excellence and integrity on and off the field because. Blah, blah, blah. Florida coming off a five and seven deer deal here. Now here it is. <laughs> look at this. Look at this paragraph at the Gainesville Sun. Name, image, and likeness has been a thorny issue to the NCAA. <laughs> hard for the NCAA to navigate since it became policy in July of 2021 though student-athletes are not allowed to receive NIL deals through endorsements and collectives sorry strike that reverse it aka Willy Wonka athletes are now allowed to receive NIL deals through endorsements and collectives rules remain in place by the NCAA that prohibit NIL from being used as a direct recruiting inducement. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) What world are we living in? Who are these people? What are they thinking? I mean, I'm, I'm being dead serious when I ask the question, what are they thinking? Student athletes are now allowed to receive NIL deals through endorsements and collectives. Okay, put that in one hand. Got it? However, rules remain in place by the NCAA that prohibit NIL from being used as a direct recruiting inducement. Don't make no sense. <laughs> Earlier this month, the NCAA announced NIL recruiting violations involving Florida's rival Florida State, in which an FSU assistant football coach facilitated a $15,000 a month NIL deal to a transfer student athlete. Hold on. Wait a minute. Tell me. About. Only Florida State? <laughs> What? Free Shoes University. <laughs> Free Shoes <laughs> University. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> somebody texted the <this> show. <laughs> says um what is this? Um, knucklehead that thought $13 million for Florida Athletics Program was all for him. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, All I know about Florida is I can see Mullen with a big cigar somewhere out there going, Oh, ah, well, yeah, UT Chattanooga. What would y'all do if Dan Mullen popped up and was the new head coach at UT Chattanooga here in the near future? <laughs> uh, Jason in Flagstaff also said, I'm extremely cynical, especially and particularly when it comes to the media, politics, and political media. I have a huge problem believing anything these days from either side's big box outlets. So we're, we're cynical in that regard, too. But anyway, that's what I'm saying is, look, the NCAA supposedly investigating Florida for striking a deal with this quarterback allegedly to get him to sign there. They turn him loose and they get a letter back in June and all this. And here I am today on three. Ryan Day made his pitch in June 2022 that a $13 million NIL budget would keep Ohio State at the top of the sport. Y'all, if you, let me just tell you something. You'd have to be an absolute idiot, an imbecile to believe any of this stuff that they're trying to sell you these days. See y'all tomorrow.